All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. It is Dylan and Jack, as always, and we will be joined by Manny Gomez of the BBWAA, as well as the host of the Baseball is Not Dead podcast. So let's hit the intro music and we will get right into today's episode. Well, Jack, the regular season is officially over. The playoffs are starting on Friday. Lots of wild card series and some fun that is exciting for both your team and my team as we have finally made the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Both teams were the Yankees at 99 wins on the season. The Mets are at 101. But an exciting year overall, but we're looking towards the future with the playoffs as well as we're going to be talking about a lot of the different rule changes that are coming for the 2023 season with Manny Gomez, who's here to talk and spend some time with us today. So, Manny, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm excited about October baseball. Um, the best time of the year is here. I mean, there's nothing like the anticipation of of, of getting to this moment. Um, and now we're finally here and I can't wait. And I'm pumped about the wildcard series, too, by the way. <laughs> and Jack, how are you feeling about the new playoff format starting this weekend? Yeah, similar uh, to many here, very pumped. I remember pandemic baseball, just having like that kind of March Madness-esque feel where we have then it was four wild card series per league, having those on games starting at 12. I think something really excited, something to look forward to Friday. So I think we have uh, a lot to dive into and a lot to talk about now. Sounds good. So obviously we will first talk about the 2023 rule changes because I know when we were booking this sort of interview with Manny, he said one of the things he has a lot to talk about and sort of is one thing I don't know if he's going to call himself an expert on it, but definitely something he knows a lot about are the new rule changes that are coming to baseball in this upcoming season that I'm sure we're going to circulate back to the 2022 playoffs and talking about all of that fun stuff. So I don't know if you want to take it away, which rule you find is the most interesting, most game changing or something like that. But where do you want to start with all this? So, yeah, um, the point of, of my podcast, the Baseball's Not Dead podcast is to usher in the new era to welcome in the future of baseball essentially and i'm just excited to see that it's finally it's finally here and we're going to see it in action next year um i think the pandemic kind of rushed things along we got the ghost runner rule which a lot of people tend to hate i don't mind it personally we had the um what were some other rules the extra innings rule which they got rid of again as someone who covers games I didn't hate the extra innings <laughs> rule because it means I, you know, I didn't have to be there so late. Um, but uh, the rule that I'm most excited about is the pitch clock. And I think the data shows that it's going to have the biggest impact of the other two rules that are being introduced. So according to according to the data, the average game time as a whole um in the major leagues this season, I'm sorry, that's that's incorrect. In 2021 versus 2022, they tested this in the minor leagues. In 2021, the average game time in the minor leagues was three hours and three minutes. With the implementation of the pitch clock, games were reduced by almost a half hour. So two hours and 37 minutes. And what I'm most excited about is that it doesn't impact the rest of the game. If we look at runs per game in 2021 versus 2022, um, in 2021, uh, 
the runs per game were 5.13 in the minors. In 2022, with the implementation of the pitch clock, 5.12, virtually identical. Yeah. Batting average went from 246 in 2021 to 249, so there was actually an increase in batting average. Strikeout percentage went from 24.5 to 25.6, so that's a percentage point. Still, I feel like that's not so drastic that I'm concerned about it. Walk rate is identical, 10.5 versus 10.5, and hit by pitch percentage, 1.6 versus 1.6. So the game is, all they're doing is, if you're listening to a podcast right now, you have that little button in the bottom corner, the one and a half speed, two speed. That's all they're doing in baseball. They're, They're rushing it along. They're moving it faster. And I look at other sports, and I look at what the clock, how the clock impacts those sports. And I think it's a no-brainer to implement that in in, in baseball. It, it, it creates a sense of urgency. Um, he has to get the pitch out. The, the clock is winding down. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? And whether he releases the pitch or not, it's going to be a ball or a strike. The game moves on. And um, so I'm excited about that. And an, an, another thing that people don't talk about is that what we've seen is people are thinking that the bigger bases are going to encourage base stealing. There's not enough data in the minor leagues to show that stolen bases have increased or or batting average or anything like that. What has increased what has encouraged more base stealing is the pitch clock because as the pitch clock starts winding down, the pitcher hasn't thrown the ball, the runner takes advantage and takes off. It again creates a sense of urgency. Um, and we've seen stolen base percentages increase. We've seen attempts increase as well. So you see more action on the field. Um, I'm sorry if I'm rambling on, but <laughs> As, no as far as the other two, as far as the other two uh, rule changes, the the banning of the shift and and the bigger bases, the data doesn't support that they do anything to the game. But I think just from the outside looking in and outsider looking at the game, it's more pleasant to watch. It's not it's not fun to watch six out six fielders on one side of the field when Joey Gallo's up at bat. <laughs> um, and the the three inch increase in in base size. And if you really think about it, it's not that big of a difference. Um, fans didn't really notice it. And first baseman loved it because less risk of getting spiked. Yeah. So to, to sum this up, <laughs> I'm more excited about the the pitch clock than anything. I think that's going to be a game changer for baseball. And yeah, I'm glad that they're finally doing it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a good word that people have used to describe it is a CRISPR type of play. I think I've heard like Jeff Pass and various others. You know, and so I'm personally, I know just seeing guys wait is definitely something that can be painstaking, even for like, you know, baseball enthusiasts. I think this rule and the pitch clock have actually been grouped together often. But another addition, one that you didn't mention, is that pitchers are now limited. I believe it's two pickoffs. And then on the yes. third, if you do not get the runner, they get to advance. I, for one, didn't like really mind this one at first. Like you said, it does advance, you know, the runners advance. Dylan's the next, you know, uh, high, high level pitcher. I know he's very much against it. I'm just like wondering what your take is on one. How can it change on that base dealing aspect? And then in terms of like, you know, that's a f- pretty fundamental aspect of the game. It's not like, you know, the pitch clock where we're just speeding things up. It's actually changing and have, adding more strategy and limitations to how, you know, how pitchers can control the base path. So how do you think that? And is there any minor league data, as you mentioned, that suggests that that's going to have a severe impact on the game? So when you combine the 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 pickoff attempts with the pitch clock, that's kind of it's just it just creates havoc on the field for for pitchers. And I know so Dylan, you're a pitcher. Is that is that what I heard yeah. correctly? So that's gonna suck for you. But yeah. 
I think as as baseball players, you you adjust, you adapt, and you figure it out. And and some guys will be good at it, some guys won't. And um, for me, what's important is that we see an increase in action on the field, and this is absolutely going to do that. If if you're limited to uh, your pickoff attempts, it's going to encourage the runner to. I don't know, maybe do some Willie Mays Hayes from from major leagues and try to psych you out a little bit to throw the ball over and waste your pickoff attempts, and then he's going to take off. And and stolen bases are exciting. I know that home run is king. Um, the chicks love the the long ball. Is that the rule? <laughs> is that the 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 quote that they always said? Um, but so does you know action on the field. And and I know growing up, I grew up in the I'm an '80s baby, but I grew up in the '90s. Um, my favorite players were, you know, Ricky Henderson, uh, who stole a lot of bases, and guys like. I mean, I know Ken Griffey Jr. was a was a was a, you know, he hit home runs, but he was also an amazing fielder and he was fast as hell. Um, so I think it brings another element to the game. Maybe it'll it'll change hitters' approach at the plate. Maybe they will swing for singles this time and not just not just a long ball all the time. Um, but to answer your question, I like the pickoff rule. I don't see it. I haven't seen any data on it. Only that stolen bases have increased in 2022. Like if you see, I have a graph here. Um, if you see, so the graph essentially is it it ticks upward. It's like leveled off. It dips a little in 2018. Then in 2020, 2022, when they started implementing these rules, it starts skyrocketing. So it's absolutely encouraging runners to to steal bases more. And I know in general, pitchers can be sort of creatures of habit. And I know a guy like Max Scherzer, I think he went on a rehab start and was like, I don't want the pitch clock. I don't like the pitch clock. Well, too bad, yeah. Max. You're going to have to deal with it. How do you think that's going to happen in a major league game when next year all of a sudden Max Scherzer's on the mound? He's used to his pitching mentality. I know there's the gifts and all the videos of Scherzer looking like an animal when he's pitching, talking to himself. Yeah. But what's going to happen that first time when all of a sudden the clock hits zero and Max Scherzer hasn't thrown a pitch and all of a sudden the umpire is like, that's a ball. Like, how is MLB yeah. going to what's going to happen in that actual scenario? Is there going to be a warning? Is there going to be not a sort of strict enforcement of the clock? Or do you think it's actually going to be at 16 and no strike was pitched? So I think I think it'll be strictly enforced. And and there's a stat on Baseball Savant recently released a new a new stat called. Um, God, I used it recently. I can't I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's a, it tracks how long a pitcher takes from the time mm-hmm. he receives the ball to the from from the catcher to the time he delivers it back. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, when run when bases are empty, you have 15 seconds to release the ball. For the in that instance, mm-hmm. most pitchers would violate the rule, but that's according to the stat. But this the stat the problem is that it, that's not how the clock is measured. So if you take into account that that it doesn't start until the ball until the pitcher receives the ball, um, to the time where he delivers to the time he pitches the ball not when the catcher receives it and then he receives the ball back if you take that into account most pitchers would fall within the rule and i think max scherzer is going to be fine he's one of those pitchers that takes the ball he knows what he he has his game plan executed he's going to be okay i think the guys that are going to suffer are recently um right before he got injured efros who was traded to the yankees Mm -hmm. um I remember watching him pitch and I'm just like, oh my God, well, this guy just released the ball already. Like he took forever. Guys like that might be impacted. But unfortunately, for relief pitchers, I hope you're not a relief pitcher, Dylan, because I may something may say something negative. <laughs> is that there are a dime a dozen. There's a lot of them. 
So, you know, I I grew up a Yankees fan as well. And and the one thing that's always blown my mind is that they've always been able to just find somebody else if somebody isn't isn't uh isn't pulling their weight. So I think Scherzer will be fine. And I think that to answer your question, the rule will be implemented strictly from day one. If if they start letting things slide, it's just gonna cause it's gonna cause it's going to be pe- opening Pandora's box. It's going to be a problem. Everybody's going to want to get the same chance, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, I just pulled up that stat because I am a, a savant nerd myself. So I did look <laughs> okay. you know, here at the comparison. Uh, Sam Long is the fastest guy with bases empty. He mm-hmm. averages thir- uh, 12.6 seconds between each pitch. Uh, the league average is 18. The longest is Gian- uh, Giovanni Gallegos, who averages 26 seconds in between pitches. So definitely a huge... <laughs> increase there i know you there mentioned your fanhood i think we'll start now maybe segue over you know it is playoff season october baseball favorite time of year um how, what do you see for your you know your childhood team as you mentioned with october in line is it looking like you know the astros are going to remain the insurmountable uh you know peak or the yankees could get over the hill make or even you know dare i say it win a world series title this year mm. so as a bbwaa member i'm not i i'm not supposed to root for any team. I did grow up a Yankees fan. So I'm saying that so you know that I'm I'm unbiased here. <laughs> um so I think that the benefit that the Yankees have is that they have superb starting pitching and pitching wins in October. So I think they should cruise along through the uh the division series. Unfortunately, the Houston Astros might be better at pitching. Um, and they have a guy in Frambert Valdez whose sinker is phenomenal. So he should he should equalize what Aaron Judge brings to the table and potentially Giancarlo Stanton in the power. So it's gonna be a, a battle of the of the pitchers, a battle of the bullpens. And we know what happened to the Yankees against the Astros earlier this year and their <laughs> bullpen. They got no hit. So um I don't know if this is the year that they slay the dragon, unfortunately. I think they started off so hot that that they kind of made us believe it was like a mirage. Like they made us believe that they were something they weren't. And then we saw their true colors as the season wore on. The The good thing is that Glaber Torres looked like the old Glaber Torres toward the end of the season. Um, hopefully he starts to feel better soon and gets back on the field. And Giancarlo was starting to hit home runs toward the end of the year. Um, and Judge got the 62 out of, you know, off his back, that monkey off his back. So maybe... Maybe they get lucky. Who knows? Maybe it's a repeat of 2017, but it goes in favor of the Yankees. Um, I don't think it will, though, unfortunately. I think it's going to be the Astros going to the World Series again. And then switching gears as well, you have the National League, which is pretty much, I'm not going to call it a three-team juggernaut, but it could be a team like the Dodgers, maybe the Mets, maybe the Braves coming out of the National League because those are supporting much the three big teams. I know the Cardinals, Phillies, and Padres as well made the playoffs, but what do you think would happen in the National League? I know I'm a little disappointed on playing a wild card series this weekend as opposed to locking up the National League East yeah. as a huge Mets fan, but your thoughts on the National League's power rankings in general? I think similarly, the Mets, what worries me about the Mets is that Jacob deGrom didn't look so much like Jacob deGrom toward the end of the season there. Um, however, if he does, if he can return to the greatest pitcher on the world, which he has been, uh, over the last two or three seasons. I, I know he was hurt all last year, um, but prior to that, including this year, if he can return to Jacob deGrom, uh, to a Jacob deGrom level of pitching, 
combine him with Max Scherzer, and that's the best one-two punch in Major League Baseball. Um, you throw them at a team twice in a series each, that's four wins. That that wins you a series, especially in a, in a best of seven. So the Mets scare me. However, the Los Angeles Dodgers are just unbelievable. I don't know where they pull these guys out of. I mean, I don't know how they can pull off trades for Max Scherzer last year, pull <laughs> off trades for Mookie Betts, for Trey Turner, um, and also bring up pitchers. I can't remember who their pitcher is who's, who was a beast this year. He's a rookie guy. Um and a hundred, I think they have 110, 111 wins. Yeah. They're just, 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 just again a juggernaut. So my concern with them is that Craig Kimbrell finished off the season weak, so they're gonna have to go bullpen by committee for for the closer role, which in the American League the Yankees will have to do the same thing. Um, so I can see an epic matchup between the Dodgers and the Mets in the National League. And I, I have a feeling that the World Series comes out of the National League this year. So whoever wins there takes it all the way. I like that. And then obviously okay. we're going to put you a little bit on the spot here because a fun thing we like to do are bold predictions. Because for all we know, they could be completely false. And then we just forget that we ever said something. I know someone who shall not be named, my co-host to the right, said that Joey Gallo <laughs> was hitting 50 homers this year. And well, I think he hit 12, maybe 13. But... So we're going to pretend that never happened, but I think each of us <laughs> will go around and say one maybe bold prediction that we think could happen in the playoffs for this season. I don't know if you want to go first. Okay. Um, a bold prediction. Uh, wow. <laughs> I would have to go against what I just said. I think it's going to be Astros and either the Mets or the Dodgers in the World Series. But I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that. Maybe this isn't a bold prediction, or it, it might be more wishful thinking. And mm-hmm. and this this may come off as me rooting for for someone. And I guess I am rooting for the story here. But it would be <laughs> awesome to see Pujols, Wayno, and Yadier Molina win the World Series. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way Pujols has been playing since the, the All Star break, I can see it happening. Um, you know, throw Goldie in there, Arenado. It'd be nice to see Arenado get a World Series ring as well. So that'll be my bold prediction that the St. Louis Cardinals win the World Series. I like it. Jack, go for it. I uh, I made it, and uh, I think Dylan and I made some bold predictions before with Steven Nelson of the OE Network. I predicted a certain former Cy Young winner would have a meltdown in the playoffs. For this one, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's very tough, but I'm going to have to go with another starting pitcher. Spencer Strider comes off the NL, comes off the IL and shuts down the Dodgers in game one of the National League Championship Series. It is a good one. Interesting. And I will say that the Cleveland Guardians will make some noise in a crowded American League. Josh Naylor and Ahmed Rosario are going to be two big catalysts that will lead the Cleveland Guardians to a potential World Series run. I think knowing Ahmed Rosario is a big Mets fan is definitely good to see him now getting some attention as the starting shortstop for the Guardians. And Josh Naylor... I think that was against the Yankees where he showed a lot of passion, yeah. a lot of energy. So put him in a playoff atmosphere and he could go absolutely insane and nuts and a lot of energy. Cause I know the tribe can definitely have a lot of energy at progressive field when that team is good. So a couple other fun questions we have for you to round things out. And I know the podcast is called side retired. So we're going to ask a couple of questions and then it'll be, we're retiring the side a little corny yeah. fun. These questions are baseball related, but somewhat, but, 
You'll get the gist of that sort of thing as we get into these five questions. Nice, quick, rapid fire answers of like, who was your favorite player growing up? Ooh, uh, that's easy. It was a Paul O'Neill. I grew up a big Paul O'Neill fan. My first game was uh, was him hitting three home runs in 1993. I, can, I think it was against the, at the time they were the California Angels. Mm-hmm. So he became my, my favorite player. And then seeing the passion he brought to the game, Paul O'Neill, 100%. 100%. And then if you were to face getting a major league batter's box, I know you see and watch baseball all the time, but you would have to face an average big league pitcher and we give you 100 <laughs> at bats against them. You're getting at least one hit. Okay. I'm going to say, um, and I'm drawing a blank here. Boston Red Sox, he's like 42 years old. Rich Hill. Oh my God. Yes, Rich Hill. Just because he, he doesn't throw very hard. So I, I have a chance. That's it. Like uh, he'd it. probably strike me out anyway, but I think I'd have a <laughs> shot to to at least touch one ball. So Rich Hill. And then obviously you also host the Baseball is Not Dead podcast. So if you could have a dream podcast guest, anyone inside of the baseball world, who would you love to say, that's the guy I want to interview? Ricky Henderson. Yeah. I, I uh, So I saw him. I, I uh, covered the Hall of Fame induction this year. And I had the opportunity to go to a to a ceremony some sort of gala type thing inside of the 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 plaque hall and it's i didn't expect this i thought it was going to be a bunch of writers and it turned out to be all the players it was a player thing and there were some writers that were invited and i saw ricky henderson and i i regret not introducing myself um but i was like oh my like he was the one that i felt almost some some like some uh celebrity shock or whatever you call it um, I just think he's such an is- interesting player and character in MLB history. And I've heard people make the argument that he might be the greatest player of all time. And mm-hmm. I, I, I buy into it 100%. Um, and I would just love to to get to know him more. So Ricky Henderson. And he's definitely a guy that would love the three pickoff minimum rule because I think oh, he man. would be going crazy with the stolen bases. If He'd have like 300 that. stolen bases. <laughs> <laughs> with his on-base percentage, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean... Especially, I think there were times where he'd steal second, he'd steal third, and he'd probably try to steal home as well if he had the opportunity. A fun one of, if MLB does decide to expand to 32 teams, where would you throw an expansion team? Um, So this is funny because I'm like, I'm getting ready. Like, I'm about to propose to my co-host a podcast to eliminate a couple teams instead of expanding. But um, I would go... I would go... Nashville, mm-hmm. which is a big, you know, there's a big move for that now, and probably Vegas. Seems like the 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 Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. turned out to be a good idea. So let's see a a, a Vegas baseball team too. There's also like the minor that. leagues are right there too. Yeah. So I think that's the A's AAA team. I think is in yeah. Vegas. Yeah, the Mets used to be there too. Yeah, which didn't make any sense, but um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, like, let me call this guy up, but he can't yeah. be here until tomorrow night. You know, like <laughs> you'd have an injury. We need a we need a spot starter. And they're like, well, he can't yeah. get here until tomorrow. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then the final question, since we started off talking about all of the rule changes that are coming for the 2023 season, you now get to be commissioner and you get to implement one rule in baseball. Where are we going and what's getting added with Manny Gomez Ooh. as president of baseball? Wow, that's a good. That's a great question. Um, and I, I want to go back and change my answer to one of them. I, mm-hmm. I think I'd swap 
Vegas and bring bring baseball back to Montreal just because I love yeah. those uniforms. Um, and it was a bad idea to try to split time with the Rays in Montreal. I don't know why they <laughs> even consider that. Anyway, one rule. So there's one rule that I that I've thought about recently. It's been getting on my nerves that that we're seeing so many position players pitching. Yeah. Um, I would bring. This isn't a new rule or creative or anything. I would implement a mercy rule in baseball. Yeah. Um, and I would do it in a way where you you leave it up to the team that's losing to you you give them a white flag or something and they could throw it on the field kind of <laughs> like on football. Like after the sixth or seventh inning, let's call it the seventh inning so fans can feel like they got their money's worth after going to a game. Mm-hmm. They can throw they're losing by ten or more runs, throw the white flag, and you can you can say, I'm gonna save my pitchers. I'm not gonna throw my position player out there just because I think it eliminates this whole unwritten rule thing where mm. like last year your me Mercedes hit that home run off of uh um Williams Astudillo mm-hmm. and Tony LaRusso threw him under the bus. Like, come on, you're isn't it a joke that Williams Astudillo, a catcher, <laughs> is up on the mound throwing throwing pitches? Like you're gonna tell this guy to lay off of a forty five mile an hour pitch right down the middle. Give me a break. Yeah. And we saw it so much this year. And it seems like they had a little more fun with it this year, but just eliminate it altogether. Give me the mercy rule. You know, save your arms, move on to the next game. That that would be what I do. And I know today the Mets were winning, I think it was 9 nothing in the third inning of a game that literally meant no playoff implications because the Mets were locked right. into the four seed and the Nationals are obviously been out of it since July. But right. they still have to play through nine innings and not a fun watch on either no. side, I think. But... Definitely, I would be in favor, Jack. I don't know if you'd be in favor of a mercy rule. I think there definitely does have to be something done, whether it's and some kind of designated guy for this situation. Um, I think another rule change, uh, maybe not even a rule change, but bring back the juice balls from 2019. I think that was <laughs> and let the pitchers use any substance they want. That's that's my uh, my two cents. But I think you know that was probably one of the best seasons to watch, and we had arguably one of the best uh, pitching seasons of the last decade from Garrett Cole and yeah. record shattering home run rates. I, I agree. I I don't see why you have a rosin bag. And and I've I've interviewed there's a guy that that uh so I'm I, I'm a member of this company called our our esquina. It means our corner. And uh that's that's where I got my BBWA card for, for I that's where I write for. And uh one of our he's a he's a co-host for one of our podcasts. It's called Digging Deep. Russ Ortiz, he was a pitcher for the San, San Francisco Giants. I don't know if you guys know about this game uh he was tossing a gem and dusty baker took him out i think it was the sixth inning and the giants wound up losing the game that was uh 2001 barry bonds was on that team um and and people feel like the giants would have won the world series had he left them in the game anyway russ ortiz i interviewed him before and he's not for sticky stuff in the interview i spoke with him he's probably gonna kill me for telling you guys (laughs) but it's on my podcast so you guys can go back and listen to it anyway but he admitted that he would wear hair gel on game day, mm-hmm. take off his hat, rub his hand in his head. And he said, my hands would then feel sticky and I have a better grip on the ball. And I, so in my mind, I'm like, wait a minute. So you're saying you, you did do it, but you're <laughs> like, I don't know. So there there's ways to get around it. Guys are mm-hmm. finding ways to do it. I don't know if you noticed this year, the, the umpire checks were half-assed. Like, yeah. Yep. Um, I would, a, a league-wide approved, substance that you leave a tin of it in the back of the mound and a guy can go to it once per half inning or something and that's it and Mm -hmm. and problem solved you you know like 
I don't see I don't see anything wrong with it personally. Hair gel. I haven't seen that one yet. I've seen guys use sunscreen, use the stick on their yeah. neck and all that stuff. But hair gel is an interesting just go right like that. Natural. Yeah. No one's gonna think twice about it. Dylan's gonna go with a nice <laughs> head of hair gel up to the mountain next time. <laughs> Did not hear that on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, we definitely appreciate all of the insight, the fun and the laughs that we've had with you for the past half an hour. So is there anywhere you want our listeners to come and find you where they can hear from you again in the future? I know the baseball is not dead podcast, but anything else you want to shout out as well? Yeah. So check out the baseball is not dead podcast. That's that's where, you know, we we aim to embrace baseball and kind of convince the wider audience that Baseball's great, man, and and you're not giving it a chance. Like I know it's a regional sport, but turn on a baseball game and you're likely to see something amazing. I mean, this year Shohei Otani, Albert Pujols, Aaron baseball's in in such great shape, and and I hate to see that that the numbers are dipping on it, that it's becoming the third best sport in 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 American in America. Yeah. So check out the Baseball's Not Dead podcast to know more about why baseball's great. And if you want to read my stuff, uh, you can check out ouresquina.com. Oh. U-R-E-S-Q-U-I-N-A.com. Awesome. Well, Jack, unless there's anything else you want to throw in, thank you so much for joining us. Jack and I will be right back. But for Manny, Jack, and Dylan, the side is retired. Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Harry Styles, as well as postseason baseball tickets. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, Jack, that was a great episode. Manny joined us, talked a lot of baseball, playoffs, new rules of 2023, what he would do as commissioner, expansion, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, and so much more. Your thoughts on the interview? Yeah, definitely a, a great time with Manny. Um, a must-watch prior to your, uh, your postseason baseball predictions. Uh, you know, get the chance uh, to you know listen to the rest of the episode, and certainly uh, a real fun one. So it's October. Playoff baseball starts Friday. Let's go! And of course, you can now find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and now TikTok. Look at that! So for Dylan, James, and Jack, until the next time, the side is retired. Let's go! It's playoff time. <laughs>